Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment of Health Professional Radio. We'll be speaking with Dr. Robert Phillips, Executive Director of the Center for Professionalism and Value in Healthcare, American Board of Family Medicine, and Professor of Family Medicine at Georgetown University and Virginia Commonwealth University. He's joining us this morning to discuss the American Board of Family Medicine's new survey, which highlights the importance of doctor-patient relationships in primary care and efforts to measure and support the improvements. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Robert Phillips. Thank you so much for taking the time. Neil, thank you so much for having me. It seems like you have got quite a bit on your plate. Give us a little bit of insight into your professional background and talk briefly about why you do what you do. Certainly. So I'm a family doctor and a researcher. I practice outside of Washington, D.C., where I've seen patients for the last 23 years, some of who have been coming to me that whole time. So I've seen some graduate from college, start careers, have kids even send their own kids off to college. I have eight members of a four-generation family come to see me. So understanding the value of continuity and relationships in healthcare is forefront in my mind. So my, my work at the center, uh, where we do research and help policymakers understand how that research can help them, this focus on measures that matter for primary care, and particularly continuity, is, is um, very important to us so that we can help primary care physicians and their patients all across the country enjoy those those relationships and the, the fruits of those relationships. Well, first, let's talk about the current state of patient primary care relationships. Having a relationship over time actually builds trust and has, I think my patients have come to understand that they can tell me if they don't agree with me mm-hmm. or they can tell me if they have a different plan. And, and it's my job to help work with that. Uh, and to continue to build trust with them. I think the biggest problem is not that differential power, but rather um, the fact that patients are increasingly having trouble establishing those relationships with primary care. There's such a focus on giving people access and on getting people on, you know, triaging them and getting them to subspecialty services that it's difficult to establish those relationships and we know from considerable evidence, lots of studies, that patients want those kinds of relationships, mm-hmm. and they benefit from them, too. This survey, does it suggest that, you know, you say patients want that, but we're afraid or, um, I guess, uneducated as to how to start that conversation, how to start that relationship? Is it more of the patient responsibility or the physician responsibility to get that spark? Well, I think it's a bit of both. Okay. What I hear from patients is that we're not giving them the the ability to have those relationships. And so some of them give up. Um, I have other patients who really fight to see me on a regular basis and see my colleagues. So those who have come to value it, they fight for it. Those who haven't quite seen the value of it yet, I think are willing to bounce around, and that's unfortunate. How much of this relationship is focused on trying to actually educate your patient as to what's going on, how it's going to affect them, their family, their finances, that sort of thing? Does it go extremely deep or is it just simply, uh, you know, let's let's get a relationship here where you trust my judgment. I trust you telling me what's going on with you and we go from there. That's a great question. I, a number of my patients, you know, come to me very anxious about their health. And, and one of the things I really focus on is helping them understand what's right with them, not just what's wrong with them. Okay. I also help them deal with matters um, that are important to them, not just what is the matter with them. So it takes time and trust to get to what do they really value and want to accomplish with their health. 
you know, what do we need to figure out together is going on and something is not going right? And then what are the things that we can do to help change that over time? Because often it's about behaviors, uh, and that's a hard thing to change. So, for example, many of my patients struggle with weight, and it takes a lot of nudging on my part to help get them to a place where they understand that their diabetes, their sleep apnea, their joint pain, their fatigue could be improved if their weight came down. Mm -hmm. And so I see it as my role to help coach them. And when they're ready to get them even better coaching on how to adjust their diet and their exercise. And I've had patients come back, not only feeling better, but just surprised that their diabetes is gone that uh, their spouse is not telling them that they're stopping sleeping, I'm um, stopping breathing at night. Mm -hmm. So it, it takes a while to help people realize how important behavior change is to their health and then to keep them on that path once they start it. Is establishing a good relationship between patient and doctor pretty similar across the board or are there several cultural differences that affect that relationship significantly? I think that's an important question. I think there are certainly cultural issues. We have we have good research to show that cultural alignment, so people from the same race or ethnicity as their physician often get to that place of trust faster and often make um, more changes in their health sooner. Uh, but it doesn't mean that if, if you can't find someone of the same race or ethnicity or age or, or cultural background that you can't get to that same place of trust. So it's, uh, it does take time, and it takes an openness on both parts to make that happen. Was there anything particularly interesting or shocking that was revealed by this survey? And uh, talk about some of the implications for you know, the goal of establishing these great relationships. I don't know that it's shocking, but it's really helpful to understand that even in this day and age when physicians are uh, increasingly employed and don't have control of their schedules, that the majority... Um, eight out of 10 still believe that continuity is a better measure of their work as a primary care clinician than any other measures that are being used. And primary care doctors have over a hundred measures that they have to uh, be assessed on and they have to collect data for. But the, the majority of these feel that it, continuity helps improve diagnosis because they can get quicker to what's happening with someone. It helps them change patient behavior. It helps prevent their own burnout. And frankly, they feel it improves patient health. So the survey was really important in, in signaling that these physicians feel that this is an important measure that they should be not only held to account to, but that their employers and health systems should be supporting. Well, Robert, I heard you mention uh, measures several times in our conversation. Could you expand on these measures and what exactly it is that they mean and why are they important? Sure, Neil. Continuity is really just a measure of how many times you see the same physician. And the evidence is really strong going back decades now that it reduces mortality. That's a really critical thing. But it also reduces costs. And a recent study found that the loss of, of these kinds of longitudinal relationships in primary care result in nearly a billion dollars in excess health care expenditures annually. So the cost associated with not having these relationships is high, 
But we also know that patients really value these, and, and that has been borne out in study after study. Talk about the importance of being able to get messages and feedback from your physician when you're not actually there. You said they have over 100 measures that they have to uh, collect data for, not to mention the things that they have to deal with with each and every patient each and every day. When it comes to the frustration of not being able to contact your physician or to get feedback in what you might think as a patient is a timely matter. How do we deal with that? Yes. So please come to our website, the Center for Professionals in Medallion Healthcare. Um, it, it will have those measures up and, and the importance of them. I'll tell you, one of my concerns during the pandemic is that telehealth, uh, while it helps some people maintain relationships with their clinician or their physician, uh, it disrupted a lot. Uh, because uh, people went and saw other clinicians or online. But I think the ability to use portals to contact your your physician and, and talk about things that you need, the ability to use telehealth can all reinforce those relationships and build on the value that's already established. So I, I hope that we can continue to push for continuity, not just in face-to-face visits, but for how technology helps us communicate better together. And that website, one more time, if you would. The Center for Professionalism and Value in Healthcare. Doctor, I appreciate your time this morning, and I'm hoping that you'll return and uh, give us some more insights and some more uh, strategies to uh, establish these great relationships between patient and doctor. Thank you so much. Mr. Howard, thank you so much for the opportunity. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Robert Phillips. Audio copies of this program are available at healthprofessionalradio.com.au. Also at Anchor Spotify. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.